You know, every time I speak, I want the truth to come out. You know what I'm saying? Every time I speak, I want to shiver. You know, I don't want them to be like, they know what I'm going to say because it's polite. They know what I'm going to say. And even if I get in trouble, you know what I'm saying? That Ain't that what we're supposed to do? It's, I'm not saying I'm going to rule the world or I'm going to change the world, but I guarantee that I will spark the, the, the brain that will change the world. And I'm in denial And it don't take no x-ray to see right through my smile I know I'll be on the go it ain't no drink out there that can numb my soul Oh no All we want to do is take the chains off All we want to do is break the chains off All we want to do is be free All we want to do is be free All we want to do is take the chains off All we want to do is break the chains off All we want to do is be free All we want to do is Tell me why Every time I step outside I see my niggas die oh, I, I'm letting you know That it ain't no gun they make That can kill my soul Oh no All we want to do is take the chains off All we want to do is take the chains off All we want to do is I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with special guest co-host Latrice Ross. Anytime we start with that intro, unfortunately, there's a, typically, unfortunately, some loss of lives and turmoil that's going on, uh, specifically in the African-American community. A lot going on, obviously, this week. Um, so just want to at least acknowledge that to a degree. With that said, we are the return of Intelligent Radio as we ensure the free flow of opinions and push the envelope on the questions America's afraid to ask in the mainstream media. I'm actually very excited about this morning's show, in a sense, despite the things that, again, are going on throughout the country. Uh, we will mention them briefly, but we will get into this morning's discussion. Is success in the black community? Let's go ahead and get let the cat out the bag in reference to that. What is success? In the black community so with all the things that are going on i think figuring that out is still imperative at all times so latrice queen thank you once again for jumping in the saddle with me as i always call it um i'm a special guest co-host so if you will um say hello to the truth seekers before we introduce our guest good morning i'm happy to be here again of course this topic is I'm near and dear to my heart, working in diversity and inclusion and being a black woman. So I'm just um, delighted to be here this morning, Saturday morning, and looking to dive into the dialogue. No, absolutely. We have two both returning guests, and it's, you know, just two kings, as I like to call them, um, titans in their industry. I'm going to start with you, Corey Bill brother always brings it every time he comes to the show. Um, if I could make an outside reference, this is this brother is the, 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 the killer mic of the game when it comes to the success thing. And um, I'm going to go ahead and start with that, King, if you will. Thank you, Corey, for being with us. If you will, give a little bit of your background and say hello to the truth seekers. Thanks for being with us, King. 
Hey, man, I always appreciate the opportunity to uh, share on your platform, but most importantly, speak my sovereign truth. Um, background, born and raised south side of Chicago. And according to my therapist, I am the epitome of someone who actually got it out the mud. So you know I hold no bars, no excuses um, when it comes to this thing we call success and this beautiful journey um, called life. So been in the insurance industry for a decade now, one of the top brokers in the country, always has been, at least for the past five years. And I'm a serial entrepreneur. As you know, I just launched my trucking company. So we put one truck on the road three weeks ago, and we're in the process putting our second truck on the road in the next three weeks. So serial entrepreneur, um, a lover of passive income, a lover of dividends, a lover of mailbox money. And the speaker of truth, whether people believe what the shit I have to say or not, I will, will always be the I will always speak the unadulterated truth. That's what you're known for, like I said, the killer mic of this thing called success. And last but not least, this king, the distinction of having back to back conversations with smart people, the only person I've ever done that for, is a brother by the name of William Agnew with his own extensive background who loves to discuss this topic as well. So, again, thanks a lot for being with us, King. If you will, give us a little bit of your background. Say hello to the truth seekers as well. Good morning, Montoya. Uh, William Agnew, as you stated, uh, I am so excited to dive into the dialogue this morning. Uh, success is definitely uh, one of those things we don't talk about enough, and it has um, its own perspective for individuals, individuals. Uh, and, you know, it's, it's a general statement for a lot of people, but I think it's where we need to start to have the conversation and uh, kind of make it make sense uh, because I do believe once you understand the idea or the mindset around success, that's when you can get tactical into your um, ability to gain it, regardless of what it is for you. So uh, much like your, uh, my brother, the king, uh, the special guest, uh, I am a serial entrepreneur, uh, many different uh, entrepreneurial uh, things I've done, and, um, and I love to teach people how to do the things that I've done, or at least how to approach with the right mindset and accomplish the things that I've done. So I'm excited about being here, and I thank you guys. Now, so excited to have all of you. Um, again, this is, as you've heard, Patrice, my co-host, say this is a subject matter that's near and dear to her. And, you know, just as you mentioned, William, success can be defined various ways to different people. Um, however, there are some to, a, like you mentioned, a mindset. And um, I hope, and well, I should say hope with you guys, I know we're going to delve into what that looks like because people can apply it to a lot of areas. But before we get started into the topic of discussion, again, because there's so much going on, and I'll highlight, you know, for those who may be surprised that we're not, in a sense, if you are a new listener to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, long-time listeners know this. If you are a new listener, you might say, hey, you know, for a, a talk show or a platform that's about the uplifting of our people, uh, in a sense, you know, what about things that are going on? Or, you know, why might you not, in a sense, be doing a discussion about some of the things that's going on? So just to kind of explain that to new listeners, um, with everything that's going on in the media, especially surrounding some of those issues, Mental Dialogue on Saturday morning, we like to be a place of solace that just kind of, uh, there's a lot being said. 
So the reality for us on this platform is to say this, is unless we're going to be saying something that's not being said in the media, and there have been times where we have, in a sense, touched some of the hot-button issues because there was something that wasn't being, being said. And so unless we're offering a perspective that, in a sense, can benefit our community because it's not being said, that is about the only time that we'll kind of run down that path and get caught up in the media mix of what's happening and going on. With that said, um, again, it's kind of hard not to see some of the things that are going on. So I'm going to just offer, and only if you choose to, um, any of you, I'll start with you, Latrice is the queen, any comments that you want to make in reference to what's going on, we'll say it once, get it out the bag, and get you know get it out the way, I should say, and then get into this morning's discussion. Again, it's just too, it's so much going on. I didn't want to, you know, not at least acknowledge it. So any thoughts about, again, any parts of anything that's going on that you just kind of want to get off your chest, just let's do that now and then get into this discussion. Go ahead, Latrice. Um, I'd just like to say that, you know, we, we've seen a, a measure of accountability, a measure of justice. Um, the fight continues. I would say that um, – I'm going to go ahead and voice an unpopular perspective here that in some instances we take a step back before calling for protest and do the research and apply critical and logical thinking skills. Um, and that's all I have to say on the matters. Sounds good. Corey, I'll go to you as well. Any thoughts? Again, just to acknowledge that we're not over here in a vacuum, if you will. Go ahead, King. Not like what she said. I think that's a conversation, you know, uh, we really need to touch it on within our community. Um, I spoke on it uh, a few days ago on a panel, and I was like, the silent killer in the black community is not high blood pressure, but it's low emotional intelligence. And we have to strengthen our emotional intelligence, or we're going to consistently, consistently take L from a system that, it's not here to benefit us in the first place, you know. So um, I would love for us to really talk more about that um, as we combat systemic oppression, you know, not only in within the white community but also within our community. We got to have a true conversation about that. Well, fair enough. Um, William, any thoughts again? Um, and, and to a degree, I think, I think we, I think we, as we weave through this morning's topic, um, you know, part of my thought, just to say this before I let you speak, William, is just part of my thought mm-hmm. is, is in raising, as Corey just mentioned, the, in my opinion, if we have the ability or learn how to raise our emotional intelligence, then some of what we're about to talk about this morning will be. Um, the things that people can get to and still do even at these moments or whatever. Some of us are based, you know, some of us going to be focus based if that makes sense to a degree. And then other aspects of it is, um, as Latrice said, when t- taking critical thought, then you, you kind of assess things correctly. And then I think your steps forward are better than if you have low emotional intelligence, don't use critical thinking and now the things that you do don't serve you, if, if that makes sense. But go ahead, William, your thoughts, again, about everything that's going on, and then we'll get hot and heavy into this topic. 
Well, one of the things I've often uh, discussed in many different uh, uh, places with different people is the idea of reset, right? And, I, you know, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a silver lining kind of guy, half, glass half full kind of guy, and uh, I try to find that silver lining in a lot of the things that life brings us. And, you know, I, I know there's a lot of people out there that way, right, because life is life. And, and with that being said, I think it gives us, I think what's happened over the past couple of years, starting in March of 2020 with the pandemic being announced, probably even starting in, you know, back when uh, Obama left office and Trump came in initially. Um, I think what all of this has allowed us to do is slow down. And I often have this idea of slowing down to speed up, right? I I use that a lot when I used to manage uh, my employees. Uh, everybody wanted to speed up. Everybody wanted to be more tactical, 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 tactical in trying to achieve what they thought we needed to achieve. Can't do that a lot of times without slowing down to do it right. And and that allows you to move forward. So I think what's happened over the past year, year and a half with everything we've seen, from Trump to this conviction to these uh, murders that we see on the Internet, is that it's given us the the medium. It's given us what we what we're doing right now, the ability to kind of slow down, reset, so that we can readjust and move forward in the right way. So that's the I think that's the silver lining that I see in everything that has happened up until this point. And I'm excited about. All right, sounds what we're good. Going forward. No, nah, sounds good. I think that's what we're about to do this morning with this discussion, and hopefully it can serve people. Let's go to a quick break. When we come back, we will get directly into this morning's discussion, what does success look like in the black community? We'll be right back. Well, all I ask is that you think. My name is Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates. I am the owner and facilitator of the Mental Dialogue Community Support Group focused on practical solutions and the collective thinking of the black community. We do that one of two ways. Every third Friday, 7 p.m. at Urban Grind, or Saturday mornings, the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Contact us at mentaldialogue.com or on Facebook at Mental Dialogue. All I ask is that you think. If you are a small business owner, do you and your accountant implement a tax strategy to pay quarterly taxes throughout the year? Or do you wait until the end of year during tax season to write off all expenses to lower your taxable income? If this is you, stop. Call Bennett Tax and Accounting today. With over 15 years of experience working with major companies, this boutique firm has opened up to show small business owners how to strategize like the major companies and position themselves for growth with not only effective tax strategies, but also specializing in new business formation, bookkeeping services, cash flow management, payroll, and business evaluation to secure bank financing. Basically, all the things you need but have kept putting off. Well, those days are over. Bennett Tax and Accounting to the rescue. Contact them at 770-545-2145 and ask for run. Again, 770-545-2145 and let them save you from yourself. Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates. This morning's discussion question, what is success in the black community? Special guest co-host Latrice Ross, as well as special guest 
Corey Bill, and William Agnew. Queen, so we'll start right back with you. What is success in the black community? And we'll, you know, do our regular start. What was your initial thought when I said, hey, you mind doing this show? And you hear that question and say, hey, that's a question I like. Uh, what came to your mind immediately? Go ahead. Phew, we had a lot of work to do um, was the first thing. But then the next thing was, but unless we actually start tackling the issues, um, the, tackling them collectively um, because our issues are so multi-layered. Um, I don't believe in just attacking one at a time, but we need to be attacking the issues within our community on, on multiple fronts that will allow us to collectively um, shift the paradigm for us. So that's, and just wanted to be a part of a, a solution-focused dialogue. No, it sounds good. Um, Corey, same thing with you. Um, just this initial question when asking this is just kind of keep it simple before we go super deep. So it's just kind of your initial thoughts when I say, hey, you know, and I'll let, pick out, let people know what I said. I call my boy and I say, hey, man, I need you to come on my show and talk your shit. You feel me? So so, so with that said, uh, when you heard this is the title of the show, what was just your initial thought without going too deep? We'll do the same thing with Billy and then we'll kind of, you know, recircle around and get a little deeper with it. Oh man, uh, my initial thought was this is the opportunity for uh to have a dialogue about people unlearning what success means. You know, we've been bombarded with some bullshit of what success looked like and mm-hmm. just, you know, like you said, just getting my two cents on it. So, you know, I'm always excited for these type of conversations because I know most of the time people speak that same bullshit that have us having these conversations right now. So, you know, I'm a delusional exactly. nutcracker, so this is right up my my alley. <laughs> and that's why I called and put you on it, King. And so, um, William, you know, you was excited about it. You and I actually got into a deeper dialogue about, you know, having this conversation and what it could look like and um, how, you know, again, want to get your initial thought, but I have, I have to talk about that concept of kind of what Corey just talked about because you and I talked about it and you thought it was so important was redefining it. And so... Um, if we are able to do that, we will give people a good starting point. So I am assuming that your initial thought is related to that, but go ahead. Kim. Absolutely. I mean, being in the, the industry that I'm in, I've been, I've had the privilege of teaching people how to be successful in different ways for the last 10 to 15 years. And what I've come to understand is that success is different to different people, right? And success is very general, is different to different people, but the format, the overarching format, of how to achieve success is relatively the same. And the discussion, the discussion you and I had put me even, as long as I've been doing it for 10 to 15 years, it's crazy because you and I had a discussion for maybe an hour, and it gave me even more insight to how important, right, the, the format of success is versus the, because success is very tactical, but you have to have that, that mindset, that format, that understanding, which is generally the same no matter what you're trying to be successful in. And I think if we can understand that, and, and just to kind of give people insight to what we were talking about, we, we used the parallel of Martin Luther King's initiative, right, in regards to what was success and what isn't success, and we talked about that. And we talked about his strategical approach in what some view as success, some may view as not successful. But if you look at the format and the strategy and the tactical mindset by which he used to be successful in the civil rights leadership movement, 
And you can apply that to what we see today. You can apply that to yourself. You can apply that to individuals. You can apply that to a group. Like, if we take that, and I really want to dive into that today because, for me, it was so fundamentally uh, uh, insightful when you made that connection, Montoya. I was like, that's it, and that's the direction we really need to go in and understanding what success looks like and what it is and how we tactically do it, but better yet, how we set the format and the mindset before we get into the action, right? Because one thing we know, we are about that action. And sometimes that can be to a detriment, being too about that action, too fast, too aggressive uh, at the wrong time, right? It's okay to be about that action, but you have, to be, you have to fundamentally understand how that action applies to what the format of success is. And Dr. Martin Luther King did an excellent job of that. So, No, nah, absolutely. And, yeah, whenever you, in a sense, think it's appropriate as we do this dialogue, you know, obviously lean on y'all as, in a sense, as my experts. So you know when we, when 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 you think it's appropriate, just kind of bring it up, and we'll definitely get into it. Um, but you know the ultimate thing, to, you know, just to uh, kind of piggyback slightly, is that ultimately, like you said, being about action, action oriented, is you know, in a sense, a good thing versus those who won't take action or those who won't talk. However, if you do it without a proper assessment <laughs> of what's you know, of what's what's really going on, that action could be very detrimental to you. So that's obviously what you're referring to. So I'm going to say something real broad, and I really would like for really any of you to jump in at any point. You can all address it if you choose, um, but I just want to kind of lay a background when I come up with the concept: what does success look like in the black community? And Latrice, you know, kind of made reference to the idea of collective, right? And so what I have come to, what I think I've come to learn, and again, any of you can jump in as you see fit, um, but what I think I've come to learn in, in recent years is personally having what I would consider or similar to what Corey said, the idea of having a delusional thought, in my opinion, that I've been, disillu- um, I don't know if this is the correct word, but I've been disillusioned about, what success might look like in the black community, almost at different stages. Uh, to a degree, we got the influencers and the people that are doing things on social media talking about how to be successful. And, as, you know, again, as Corey said, a lot of that's BS, especially for people like ourselves who are out here actually, quote, unquote, actually being successful, if you will. And a lot of stuff that y'all hear, I know, doesn't relate. But in reference to the collective, I've even in my lifetime been disillusioned, in my opinion, based on the things I've recently learned over the last few years, has been the concept I had of what we would need to do has been too broad to be effective. And what I've come to learn is those that I come to respect or rely on or call you guys to say, hey, we're doing this show, can you bring your expertise? What I found in, you know, again, just being in media and having access to people like y'all is y'all are moving and grooving and your circles are tight. And not only are your circles tight, but as I, if I get to know you, y'all are also quite often at every chance you get adding on and trying to give back the, the give back to the community in any way that you can. So I'm highlighting that aspect because I, to a degree, don't think people realize how effective, in a sense, I'll use this word, a small tribe is in being effective to a group. And you can get disillusioned thinking, I need more people 
before we can be effective. And I think I've gotten caught up with that, especially in my 20s and, and, and early 30s with what does the collective success look like. So just kind of bringing a, you know, a broad stroke to part of my mental process with this thing from my, as you know, as a young man to how, how I see it now. And so just kind of said some things, but if any one of y'all want to jump in and ask some clarity or tell me if I'm on the right track in reference to this mindset and what the building blocks of success might look like, not only for the individual, but also to the collective, if you will. Well, I'll jump in, I guess. I can only lean on experience. And what I've experienced in regards to a collective idea of approaching success, right, and I've done that with students, you know, 30, 40 at a time. And one thing that I always have to baseline with students is the mindset, right, because they all have different ideas and uh, goals and objectives that they want to achieve. And so the first thing that we always have to start with is, and I know you guys have heard this a million times, is a mission statement standing what we want to have to happen, understanding what the objective is, understanding, like, what do you want, you know, what is your two- to three-year goals? What, what, what is your measurable? What are you measuring success by, right? Without any of that, um, it's impossible to actually move forward. You get stuck in analysis paralysis. You get stuck in this neutral position. And to kind of make a point what you said, uh, Montoya, I was one individual coaching 40 to 50 people. So, no, it doesn't take a lot of people to move the mindset of many. I mean, we see that we see that all the time. I mean, we see that whether it's good or bad. I mean, you can look at Donald Trump, and, 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 and minus what the objective is, when you talk about success, was he successful? Absolutely. Was he successful in setting his agenda, his objective, and his goal, and his measurable? Absolutely. So that's where you start. You start with what's, what's the objective? What would we like to have happen here? What is the outcome? And once you set that, then you can move into what I refer to as the tactical ways of achieving that, that goal, that mission statement, that that, that thing that you want to have happen. And, again, like, like to bring it back to what you were asking, it doesn't take – it takes one individual. It takes one individual who is spreading that message consistently to the right audience to make that change. And so, you know, I, yeah, I mean, if that answers your question, from my perspective. I think yeah, when I hear what you say, I just want to hear y'all thoughts. Go ahead. Can you hear me? Yeah, go ahead. Can y'all hear me? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we can hear you, Keith. Yeah. Go ahead. You good. Okay, okay. Just, just double checking, okay? Um, I, I think everything you said, it's only one thing I disagree with, Will, and I, and, and I like what you said. Um, I think the mission comes after the vision. And I think, you know, because they say our mind operates in pictures. So if our mind operates in pictures, I think it would be important that we have a vision of the type of um, lifestyle that we want to lead for ourselves first and foremost, our families and our communities. We have to put the vision on paper first because without the vision, people consistently fail with the mission. That's why I see most people overwhelmed because they don't have no vision in front of them, right? The mission is the vision is the roadmap. The mission is the steps to take to take to ensure that your vision comes to life. So I definitely agree with that part, but vision comes before the mission. 
Um, secondly, I think what will make what will make success in our community on point is that we got to fucking understand the systems that 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 we are going against. We can't be delusional about white supremacy or systemic oppression. We can't be delusional about black elite elitism within our community, right? We have to understand what we're up against so we can strategically combat it. Many of us still believe that cops are good, right? When the root call, when the root, uh, when the root um, um, uh, purpose Issue. of cops is slave catching, many of us still believe that the educational system is designed to teach us to become smart. When we see that most of the shit we learn in the education system really doesn't apply in real life. I, I, I like this term that Alvin Tolford said. He said it in 1974, 75, and this shit woke me up. Um, when we grew up, you know, I'm 43 years old, we thought illiterate were people who couldn't read or write. But in the 21st century, the new illiterate is the people who are willing, who are unwilling to unlearn, relearn, and execute. So it's a lot of shit we got to unlearn within our community that we deem as success. You know, um, um, capping, stunning for one another, uh, dressing to, to uh, seeking validation for people who barely got a fucking D average in life, right? Those type of things that think once we get, get that going, we could, we could press to the next level of success. Is that, does that make any sense what I'm saying? No, no, you're making a lot of sense, King. I, I absolutely. Again, I, I just threw something out there broad and just wanted to hear y'all thoughts on it. So, no, nah, you're, you're definitely making sense. Uh, let me let, get Latrice in. We got a caller that wants to get in. So, uh, Latrice, again, I was being very broad and wanting y'all to jump in wherever y'all fit in. So, you know, any thoughts from you, Queen, about um, what the what our guest had to say or just even, you know, in a sense what I asked, if you will? Um, I actually think I, I agree that we need the vision first because the vision is the ultimate outcome. And with anything, we, know, we need to know the outcome that we are seeking first before we can then chart the course to get there. So we definitely need that aspirational vision because that's what inspires us to do the work and execute. So I think that's where we start. Um, I think that collectively as a community, we do have to begin to analyze everything. We have to really begin to think more. We operate on, on media sound bites and we take the things that we see and we take it as the gospel and we run with it. And we run off half cocked and then truth when the truth comes to the fore, we look crazy. So I just want us, you know, I wish that I, the way that I envision success is us really just sitting back, taking the time to learn to think critically, learn to analyze properly stop, as, as the gentleman said, stop trying to, to live up to these influencers' expectations. Stop trying to put on airs for others who really have no significance in your life, but live your life the way that you're destined to instead of trying to impress others. Um, so much of our time is spent doing that, and we could be so much further ahead if we would just really focus on those things that we know to be true and not trying to follow the crowd. I like to tell my son, you know, because, you know, I got teenage kids. Well, I don't say teenage kids. They're young adults, 19 to 26. And I, and, and I can see the shift in their action because I tell them shit like this. Y'all trying to impress people who won't take a fucking day off to come to your funeral. Tell me where does that make sense? <laughs> you, like, tell me where that makes sense at. 
and, and I, I notice how they shift on social media. I say, you guys, we got to look at social media as business media. This is a new, warm, a new form of advertising. This is where you get your guap at, right? This is the new economy. Why are we still being a dinosaur? Why are we still operating and thinking in, in, in ways that we, we see consistently push us 50, 60, 70, you know what I'm saying, fucking years back? But something that I do think that we need to do, and we, I, I, anytime I have a conversation about, about success, I always push this book because this is another fucking book that I don't hear black folk talk about, even in the success circles. If you guys understand why we do the shit we need to do, we need to look at this book called, we need to read this book called Brainwashed by Tom Burrell. He was an uh, advertiser, I think for Philip Morris or Coca-Cola, one of the motherfucking companies. And um, and he talked about how we were purposely bombarded with all these advertisements from the late 70s on up. And while we're basically under hypnosis, with these companies, which allow us to operate the way we operate. If we're not reading books like that, we're going to uh, and understand that they are purposely, they're mentally raping us and to keep us impulsive, to keep us not using logic. We're going to keep taking the L. That's a book I highly recommend everybody to read so you can combat it, man. In order to beat the beast, we got to understand this beast. Nah, good point. We actually up uh, I guess a quick break and I'll say, um, you know, within the uh Mental Dialogue Community Club, we years ago we did that as a book club book for that very reason because yeah, you you will keep receiving the messaging almost subconsciously because you're unaware of what they're doing to you. So without as Latrice said earlier, understanding and you said it as well, Corey, understanding of what's being done you have no opportunity to combat it because you're unaware. We're going to go to all the callers coming out of the break. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. But all I ask is that you think. Uh, this is a great song for my sponsor, Square Business Entertainment, Taylor Pace. One last time. We'll be right back. I had it all back then, but I ain't even know it. I had my head all in the clouds and then put had her story. I had mine. She went crazy. I lost my mind. What it wouldn't give. Hit rewind. One last time. One last time. So much regret. How I dealt with you. You're a package to be handled with care. You're like a team. One last time, Taylor Pace featuring Joe Blee's Hot Cut. Again, Square Business Entertainment. Fine. One last time on all music streaming platforms. Thank you to our sponsor, Square Business Entertainment. We've got a caller that wants to get in on this morning's discussion. What is success in the black community? If you're online listening and would like to get in on the dialogue, please give us a call at 646-787-1691. Again, that's 646 787 
888-646-1691. You have to press 1 to let us know you want to speak. Area code 914-LAST-3039. Give us your name, where you're calling from, and your three cents on this morning's discussion question. My name is Andre C. Hatchett. I'm living in Atlanta, Georgia, currently in Houston, Texas. Hey, what's up? Brother Dre, <laughs> a.k.a. Mr. Practical. Appreciate the, the call, King, what you got for us. Uh, thanks for calling in. All good. All good, all good. Man, my toy, Corey, uh, two of my favorite people. Glad you guys have some discussion. Um, when, when typically when we awaken, when uh, we become, when we enhance our pro-blackness, we have a collective mind state, and a lot of us, myself included, I heard you guys said this, like we all have to get on X, Y, Z. We all have to unify. We all have to do this. Uh, Maria Lloyd, friend of all of ours, says something profound. So that 20% that no movement, no no black movement has ever had 20% of its people following it. So even Dr. King, who's beloved, he, he had uh, tomatoes thrown at him in Chicago by uh, our people. So here's what I personally do. This is something that, that I adopted and something that I stay true to. I found three causes that I'm going to go all in on, and those will be my consistent focus. Those three causes will be my consistent focus. One is black men uh, to supporting and patronizing black businesses and uh, teaching entrepreneurship. Now, that doesn't mean I don't help and assist with other things, but, but I think if we had a few things that uh, more of us focused on and have a, and, and have, have those be our primary missions, instead of trying to bring everybody with us, teach everybody this, make everyone do this, uh, because one, it, it can drive you crazy because there's a lot of issues going on. And, and you can become overwhelmed and, and, and literally depressed with good intention, because we can do the right things, but but I had to find my niches and stick to those. And I've seen uh, humbly say that I, I that I made a small dent in our community with me focusing on uh, less issues and going all in on those issues. I love it, and um, you are living proof. I mean, I see people give out testimonies every day. Highly recommend that you find Andre Hatchett on social media. Uh, just to see a, a prime example of what quote unquote unquote success looks like, uh, but as, as, but also doing it in a way that people give testimonies constantly, myself included, that this brother has affected my life and added to my pockets just from learning, taking in a sense um, his you know one of his classes, Andre Notary School. He does many of things, but just to highlight and thank you for the call, Dre. Didn't know you were going to get in on this thing, uh, but yeah, appreciate the thoughts. I'm gonna keep you on just for a second. We got some other callers, um, but just in case. Latrice wants to make a comment about what he had to say. Um, you know, any, any of you yeah, want to jump in and you hear him say, let's focus on a few things. Go ahead, Corey. Go ahead, King. No, what I was going to say, yeah. first of all, when the guy body calls in, you know, I got to say something. So Dre says something that was profound on top of what um, our sister Maria Lloyd said, only 20% of the movement. And I think what we – I'm watching what they're doing – I've always said black folk, we need to have a military mind, right? We need to, to, to run our, uh, as far as unity is concerned, uh, military like Navy, Army, Marines, you know, um, Air Force, right? We got to niche the market. Like the people that is, that, that, that is moving in the area 
we got to get into that area. Like Dre is, is is really pushing entrepreneurship, and I'm watching him connect with other people that is aligned with his mission. And many of us, we are misaligned because we're not clear. Like like me and the young lady said, the vision is first. So I think if it, if we understand that less than twenty percent of our community, you know what I'm saying, really fuck with one another, mm-hmm. then we need to push. We need to stop trying to be a monolith and be a monolith within the arenas of life we are aligned in. And that's the biggest issue. And I do see Dre trying to do the move with Matoya with your conversation, Black Wealth Renaissance, things of that nature. Um, we got to start doing that. So if I know this is what I'm trying to do, ABC, I need, that's what I need to get with the Mr. Agnew and say, hey, after I see my vision, what is my technical plan of ensuring that I stay in these niches? So I can stay in my lane. Too many of us is out our fucking lane because we're trying to do everything. So that that that's a huge point right there, brother Dre. But see, let me, nah, let, thank you, basically. The word I come to my mind is narrow. Yeah, please jump in, will you? Go ahead, King. I'm sorry. Well, this is where I think we can, we have it a little confused, and I know it could it could be a little semantic, but I it, and and maybe you guys disagree, but vision is not for everyone. And when we talk about vision, vision is for is not you can't sell vision a lot of times to the masses, which is why we don't have a lot of adoption, right? We have to start. And if you notice what Drake said, if you listen to his words, he used the word his mission, right? And he said his ability to do his small part. And when you talk about mission statements, that's what you got to get people to buy into. What's the mission? Let's get very Let's get very clear on the objective. What are we trying to have happen? Not the overall arching vision. Vision is very important, but it's not for everybody from the very beginning. Like Dre said, it's too confusing. You get in the weeds. You're trying to sell this entire idea, which is what vision is, to people who aren't open to it. And so what we have to understand is, and I've done this, and I do this, and I understand this, if I go in and I try to sell this overarching vision to my students, or to my people, or to the people who are coming to me for direction, they get lost in the weeds, and they never take action. They never take action. They talk about it, talk about it, talk about it, talk about it, and they never take action because it's too big. And that's for guys like you, Corey, it's for guys like uh, myself, where we are the vision, like Montoya, we are the visionaries, but we can't start with that. Because people are going to listen to us, and then they're going to go back to their regular everyday job because they're going to be like, wait, that's way too big for me. So this is where I see the differentiation in what you guys refer to as the vision versus the mission, which is very important, in my opinion, to uh, differentiate because that's how you get that. Yeah, I'm glad you bring that to the table. Let me do this, Corey, because I'm about to run up to a break, and I want to get Andre's last thought on it, and then we're going to get to the next caller as well. So, um Great comments, obviously, by both of our guests, Dre. Any thoughts in reference to what they had to say about your thoughts? Any any response before we let you go? I think we're on the same page. Uh, find your personal cause. Go all in on that cause. And, and be okay. This is the tough part to get past a lot of people. Be okay with knowing that it's going to take a long time uh, to fix um, a lot of our issues. Once you become once you're at peace with that, it helps you keep the faith. It helps you keep the faith. So um, I would just say for anybody, stick to it, stick to it, stick to it. 
and I've seen a lot of progress in the past seven years, even the past seven years, Mark. That's probably when we met, right, uh, online, and, and then we became homies, great homies. Uh, I've seen a lot of progress happen. So anyone who's not seeing the progress, um, I encourage you to be the progress because it's happening. I right, love y'all. I love y'all so appreciate it. Of course. No, I love you too, King. No, absolutely. We are, we are up against the break. So, um, yeah, we'll definitely get Corey's thought on what um, we've had to say. Latrice, you as well. Um, caller 647, we'll get you out of the break as well. Listen to the Mr. Dialogue talk show where all I ask is that you think. All right, my board froze up for a split second, so y'all bear with me. Got my next sponsor coming up, Money Motivation. Let me get acknowledged there. All right, here we go. All I ask is that you think. We'll be right back. Hey, where did you get that hat and T-shirt? I like that. Oh, I got this at moneymotivation.com. It's fresh, right? Yes, and I love the message on it, too. You are the hustle, huh? That's what the shirt says. I am the hustle. They embody the entrepreneurial spirit, and what I like the most it's more than a brand. It's a lifestyle for those who want to put in the work and expect to have the final things in life. I also follow them on Instagram. Check this post out. If you believe money is the root of all evil, you're using it wrong? Oh, how about this one? Excuses made $0 an hour. I like those. What's their IG? At moneymotivation.co. But do they have any ladies gear? Yes, you're going to love the clothing line they got for the ladies. Matter of fact, pull up their website, moneymotivation.com, and I'm going to get you a few things so we can both look like money. Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with special guest co-host Latrice Ross. This morning's discussion question, what is success in the black community? Special guest, Corey Bill, as well as William Agnew. Um, Latrice, if you will, um, you know, we love to brag about how we do nuance and details well. So we got a slight pushback, uh, if you will, from William saying, hey, let's detail this out. Uh, I think there's a difference in how we actually create action when we're talking about this idea of vision and mission. Uh, whereas, again, when y'all first pose it, you and Corey saying, hey, the vision is you know, first, if you will, when I first heard it, I'm like, yeah, I agree with that. When I think about, you know, the vision that we have for mental dialogue and then we have a mission uh, thereafter. However, I think William brings up a great point on how we create action if we're saying, hey, what is success in the community? How do we not, in a sense, what I hear him saying is if we don't consider this, we'll get stuck talking. Any thoughts in reference to uh, what William had to say, and I'll get Corey's thoughts, and then we'll go to the call. Of course. Yeah, well, I definitely do. I'm sorry. Uh, you asked the queen. My oh, yeah, well, let me go start with Latrice. Corey, 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 let me start with Latrice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. This is my apologies. My fault, Corey. Okay. Yo, my bad. No problem. So, of course, I have a, a rebuttal for that. Um, so, when I when I coach people, what I tell them is this is you need to, you need to know where you're going in life. If you don't know where you're going, then any road will get you anywhere. So, the vision is where I'm going. That's the outcome. That's the aspiration. That's the thing that I'm aspiring to. And now now that this is what you have, this is where you want to be in five, ten, however many years, now let's chart that course to get there. So it's not what I'm saying is you don't set this vision and then just sit on it. 
you said the outcome, and then you immediately begin to plan what are the steps that I need to begin taking right now, this day, to get to that point in the future. That's the mission. So we, when I coach people, we're going to start with where you want to go because I need you need to know where you're going clearly, where you like to be, and now let's chart that course to where you, how you get there. So I stand by. You need that aspirational vision, and then you immediately begin to work on the, the mission that details what I need to do this week or next week or next month to ultimately get to that vision. So um, it may be that we're using the terms differently um, because you definitely need those, those steps to execute to arrive at that vision. But if I don't have that aspiration that I'm aspiring to, you'll be all over the place. And I think that's part of what we see in our community. They, they look at this person who's successful. Oh, I'm going to do that. Then they look at this next person who's doing something entirely different. Let me follow this person now. Instead of having that vision to focus on, so that they can execute strategically and specifically to get to that aspirational vision. Um, Corey? Oh, absolutely. I mean, what she said is, is right, you know. Um, I mean, first of all, the, the principle, you know, uh, principles don't lie. Write the vision, make the plan, you know. And um, to come back what he said, where people will be all over the place, that's why you ask them questions like, what's the fastest way to eat an elephant? One bite at a time. So your elephant is your vision, and then we're going to break it down to ensure that we eat that elephant. Secondly, from a true ROI perspective, return on investment, how do we look at stocks? We look at stocks based on this performance the past 10 years, you know, the last 10 years, not what it's going to do so we can predict the future, meaning that you sit down with people you allow them to brainstorm. When I sit down with my clients, you allow them to brainstorm, and then you chart backwards and show them where this, 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 this didn't work. And what makes you think you're gonna? Uh, what makes you think you're gonna be the one to do X, Y, Z, right? And then that's how we that's how we fulfill the mission. That's what she said best. We chart the course once we are clear. Clarity is missing in our community because we're bombarded with so much bullshit at the same time. And then we live in a highlight culture where we're looking at everybody's highlights. We're not seeing the behind the scenes. You know what I'm saying? The the, the, the work that it takes to get going. Because personally, I think the vision is the core to ensure the mission gets fulfilled because the fucking mission can become overwhelming. I'm sure many of us woke up and said, damn, I got to do this shit again? You know what I'm saying? I got to go talk to this person again. And it was that vision that got you out of the bed. Because it wasn't for the vision that what I'm going to do, I'm going to lay my ass back in this bed and say, fuck that, I do that tomorrow. Right? Yep. So vision first is, 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 is principle. And I'm not saying what he what he ain't doing isn't work. It could work. A fucking broke clock is right twice a day. So could work in his world. But when I'm saying when people are poor by their vision, shit happens. So let me say this. Clarity was the biggest word that I heard out of both what both of you had to say. Um, again, moneymotivation.com is one of our sponsors, and that's something that the CEO, Mark Ranger, is always talking about. Um, clarity is literally typically what you're missing if you're, in a sense, getting lost along the way. So I love that word, clarity. 
Uh, William, before I go to the caller, because, again, you brought that point up, I definitely want to give you, in a sense, uh, a chance to respond. And my guess is, I'll just throw out my quick thought, my guess is, um, and, and Latrice made a reference to it, it may just be kind of how we're using the terms, and I just think, and again, you're all about clarity and things as well. So, you know, what's your, in a sense, response, and then we're going to the call. Yeah, for sure. I think I think I think ultimately we're saying the same thing, but I I, I look at it from a uh, the, the vision, the perspective of it's a military mindset, right? And what we're battling. So what we're battling in the vision aspect of it is uh, there's there's too much money and too much finance, and it's kind of what it's kind of what. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, I forgot his name. Not Dre, but uh, uh, Corey, the other guest. Corey, it's kind of what Corey, Corey was Corey, saying. Corey. Yeah, it's kind of what Corey was saying. There's a lot of interference in the vision aspect, so it's hard to start with the vision in your environment. So you have to look at our environment, right? Our environment, and when we talk about vision, it kind of goes back to what you and I were talking about, uh, Montoya, in regards to imagery, right? It, 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 it's it's ironic that we're using the word vision, and we're, we're on vision for quite some time, and you have to understand that the impact and the control and the, the power of imagery and who controls that imagery and that vision. And when you start there, you understand what your capabilities around vision are and what they aren't. And so competitively, when we try to start with vision, we are up against a mountain of uh, things that distract or interrupt the vision, and we can't get past that. So from a military mindset, right, if you look at the general, he doesn't tell every one of his guys the overall arching vision of what we're trying to accomplish. What he does as a collective. Now, if you're talking about an individual such as uh, the queen was talking about, that's one thing. But if you're talking about the collective, that's a different approach when you're talking about vision versus versus mission. I have to take, if I'm doing a collective, it's Martin Luther King. If you go back to, and it's so deep, that I, I don't want to take up too much time. But if you go back to the civil rights movement, Everyone wasn't involved or even understood what the vision was, but they knew from a mission what their assigned duty was. So as a collective, as big as this thing is that we're talking about, yes, if you're talking about me, start with the vision board. If you're talking about you, start with the vision board. It's small enough, and there's nobody trying to distract you from that vision. But if you're talking about us, we're 400 years behind. We're economically behind. We will never get past the vision because the, the, the mountain we're up against is too big. They're going to come in. We just saw the video that came out the other day. What was that, the video? Uh, uh, what's his name? Little Nas X. That's vision. How do you combat against that level of vision? You understand what I'm saying? So that's the problem that I have with starting with vision as a collective and us moving forward as a black community. Because, you know, I'm all about that action. And yeah, I'm here, sorry, I get a little passionate. No, I hear what you're saying. I'm going to get to the caller. I'm going to get to the caller, and I'll just yeah. kind of throw this. And, again, we can dialogue throughout this thing. But I think what I'm understanding, just to be fair to you, um, again, and we definitely respect the different perspectives. I think, as you said, when you start talking about the group and collective in general, that if there was, in a sense, if we just started saying, all right, the entire collective of the African-American community, if we came up with a vision for that community, um, you're just saying that it gets di- 
usually or a lot of times get diluted, and that's why we end up talking about, well, let's argue and do this, or we start arguing over, let's do this, let's do this, but the less is the concept of less, you know, less is us, let us. And I think that's what you're referring to from a collective standpoint. I don't think you're disagreeing with anything Corey and um, uh, Latrice had to say in reference to, you know, taking a group, a, a group of 10 or a group of 30 or a group of 40. And, again, there may be some nuance or differences, but I definitely respect the different train of thoughts. All right, let's go ahead and get to the column. Area code, sorry, area code 647, last 3050. Give us your name, where you're calling from, and your three cents on this morning's discussion. Hi, this is Patrick. Great discussion this morning. Um, I, I think if, if you'll allow me just for a second to bring some clarity to what – Patricia and William are talking about. I think they're both saying Latrice, Latrice, kind of Latrice. the same. Patrice, sorry, sorry, my my apologies. Patrice and uh, William are saying they're saying the same thing, but they're saying they're coming from two different vantage points. So Patrice is talking about helping an individual Latrice. create something for themselves. Hello. Yeah, I'm sorry, brother. I'm sorry. I cut you off. I'm saying her name's Lunch with an L. Just sorry about that. No problem. Go ahead. Yeah, I think she's talking about helping individuals create a vision for themselves and for their lives and then putting together a plan for them to follow to reach that, right, to reach the end goal. And I think what William is saying is William is talking collectively where you have to sell a vision or, or, or have a vision for a large group of people. And I think what he's saying is that in that instance where you're trying to give a vision for a group, for a large group of people, you now have to do it through inspiration and example, which means the work has to be done first. So they're both 100. saying the same thing. They're just coming at it from two different one is coming at it from an individual, you know, an individual standpoint, which absolutely needs to be done. And I think William is coming at it from a collective standpoint, where inspiration through example and demonstration and that kind of thing is what's going to help motivate people to jump onto a vision, a collective vision. So I just wanted to bring some clarity. That's the way I see it. No, I love that clarity. I think it's yeah. I think it's, I think we could kind of, in my opinion, y'all, I'll clarity, say. Though. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead, Yeah, please jump. Okay, no, no, don't say your thoughts. While we got passion, say your thoughts. So, so when we think about the collective, we know that we're not getting all black folks on the same page at one time. So we're going to have to get each cog in this wheel focused on what part they play in achieving success for our community. So if I'm in the healthcare industry, then this is going to be my vision for where we need to go as a community. And this is the vision that I'm setting for my part to play in this. And these are the steps of execution that I'm going to take so that I'm successful in adding to the collective overall success of the black community. There is no more MLK or, or Malcolm X leading us to the promised land. We've now evolved where there are no there are no real central leaders. And so we have to look at how we're a dispersed community. And we have to focus on each individual puzzle piece in this thing called success and the role that we play, create our vision, create the path to execute that vision, and what we contribute to the collective of success for our community. That's what I mean. Now, I love Can it, I Patrick. We actually up against the break. 
And I'll let y'all respond. Come out of the break, y'all. I got to take care of my sponsors, Patrick. I'm actually gonna let okay. you um, hang on, so I may bring. You, I'll bring you back on. Um, you know, out of the break again. I love the getting into the nuance and understanding again when we say what success is in the black community. I think it it needs to be dialogue if we're gonna quote unquote redefine it and get people, in a sense, refocused on the things that they can actually achieve. Versus, as you know, to a, I think we would all agree as a collective, we are flailing because we lack this. So uh, we'll be right back. Listen to the Mass Dialogue Talk Show. But all I ask is that you think. I had it all back then, but I ain't even know it. I had my head all in the cloud, feeling important. She had her thoughts. I had mine. She went crazy. I lost my mind. What it wouldn't give. Hit rewind. One last time. One last time. So much regret. Discussion question, what success look like in the black community? Special guest co-host Latrice Ross, as well as special guests William Agnew and Corey Bill. also have a caller, Patrick, on the line. Uh, I think it was William that was looking to respond to what you had just heard. It, yeah. it was like, did I hear that correctly? Is that you, William? All right, go ahead. Okay. Yeah. Well, you know, just as a follow-up with what uh, Latrice said, right, it's interesting to me, right, because she mentioned we no longer have MLKs. We no longer have leadership in the black community. And I think it begs the question to ask, well, why is that? And and connect that to what we're talking about. Because it changes the way that we have to approach what we're trying to achieve. We can't do it the way that we've always done it. And not necessarily in the order at which we've done it in the past. It works in the past. It doesn't work now because of what and who we are up against. And so what we have to understand is in order to achieve what it is we're trying to achieve, we may have to be open to switching that those steps up. It might not be in the order of vision first, right? Again, if you go back to the discussion that myself and Montoya had with the civil rights movement, at that time, it made sense to do it in a particular order. 
the reason it has not worked in today's environment is because that order does no longer work. The opposition understands that process. So they negate that process by their order. Right? And we have, and we as a black community have to understand that we're up against very I'm not gonna say sinister, but yes, sinister opposition that understand, right, what they what they what they do different, right? And Montoya, I don't know if you wanna get into it now, but when we talked about why marches don't work anymore, right? Why we don't have leadership anymore, right? We have to take that into consideration. Yeah, 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 yeah let me jump in right there with that part, because I definitely want to hear Corey's and Latrice's, and I still have Patrick hanging on the line as well, and we'll let him jump in as well. Um, so just to, again, and this is the type of nuance, and this is why we do this, right? And so um, what William is talking to, and let me throw this out as well, and I want to hear y'all thoughts on this. Um, I, I've been saying this for a number of years, again, from having these type of dialogues, that I think to a degree – we're past the point of necessarily needing a visionary leader. Um, I hope I'm right about that. And the reason I say I hope I'm right is because of something that William alluded to, uh, that there are definitely tactics that we're taking within this country, as he says, by opposition, if you want to use that word, to kind of ensure, one, that there wouldn't be a messiah again. There have been those tactics taken. So I think what I hear William speaking to is knowing that those tactics have been taken, what is the methodology or that we would use now considering that, you know, very fortunate fact because to a degree those leaders in a sense were killed off or removed, you know, you know, through you know, through other means and things of that nature. So what are the tactics now and then the reference to marching back then versus marching now, what I ended up saying and I think I'm gonna let everybody jump can in. I know, can, can I call them that's that's the yeah, reason why we need to say one last thing. Hey, I got one last comment. I got one one comment. Then you're in, brother. So the comment again, again, you, you definitely jump in. I'm just gonna say this one last comment. So in reference to the marching back then versus marching now, I just had shared with William that based on how brilliant I think MLK is, he wouldn't even still be using that tactic because of what purpose he used it for at that time. Once um, the response by the country was all right, we're not going to get violent at these marches, allow them to march, it no longer would have had its effect. So I think had King lived, he would have moved away from that one tactic as part of his vision. Go ahead, Corey. Sorry about that. I just want to say all of that. Well, what I was about to say, this is what I was about to say. When I'm listening to him speak, he's speaking clarity. Like, it's fucking clarity. We got to be clear. We were clear in the 60s. You know what I'm saying? We were clear in the season. We was vision-oriented first. That's why we made progress. So uh, the, the, the bullshit they threw in the game was, uh, was integration. When integration came through, niggas lost their vision because they thought the other side was, was, was heaven. And so that's why uh, uh, March is, is not going to work today. And another reason March ain't going to work today, y'all want to talk about Martin Luther King? So y'all really, y'all do know why he died, right? Because he shifted his fucking vision. He said, oh, shit, I was leading us to a burning hell. Damn, hold on, this is where the money resides. And he's going to start the poor people moving because he shifted his vision. The vision always comes before the mission. If you look at anything, if you listen to life coaches, if you listen to business coaches, 
if you listen to anyone that's successful, they always talk about their why. Their why is tied to the vision. There's plenty of people who will stop the mission when they, as soon as they say, man, fuck it, I'm not doing this anymore. That's why we always ask people, you got to dig deep. You got to understand your why. You got to know why you're doing what you're doing because it's the vision that propels you. Now, I'm not, I'm not saying after we get the vision that I'm all over my brother is saying, let's be tactical, let's move forward, let's ensure that we complete it. You know what I'm saying? I just, you know, so I'm, I'm, I'm missing on that. Like, it's like, like, damn, this man is really talking in circles. Like, clarity. No, no, no. Martin Luther, y'all, y'all can't keep talking about Martin Luther King when you, because when you, you know this is what the fuck I do. You know what I'm saying? When it comes to this black militant shit, I, this, this is who I am. So when he shifted his vision, you know what I'm saying? It's like, damn. Yes, and, I, and so and to that point, Corey, like, one thing that you said is so important here. When he realized his mistake, he shifted. If you don't know the outcome that you're trying to achieve, then you won't know when you need to shift up your actions. You won't exactly. know when you need to shift up your vision. If you don't know the outcome, then you won't know that, oh, well, this tactic isn't working anymore, so I need to shift things left or I need to shift things right. When I do corporate visioning with companies, we have a corporate vision, and then each one of those business units within that department, that, that company, they have their vision that ties into the main vision. And then for each individual that's attached to a department, they have a vision of how they then see the departmental vision, which then feeds the overall corporate vision. And that's what I say when I say the collective. We each have an individual vision that feeds into the next part of that collective, which feeds into the overall collective vision. Because we have to know the outcome so that when the opposition comes and they get us and they catch on to what we're doing, we got to know where we're going so we know where and when we need to shift. Let me say this, I know you want to respond. I'm going to say something very briefly. You'll respond, and I'm going to get Patrick in here who's on the line. So something that Latrice said triggered me to think about that transition, um, the transition of MLK himself, I think, to a degree. Uh, of course, and he shifted his vision. And so, and you can see that if you, in a sense, read his last book, he gets into the specifics of even talking about the transition of, like, like Corey saying, the idea of um, I've integrated our people into a burning house, right, that thought. So in that thought, to a degree, King Switch, I, I would say this, because he came to realize that in the way that he approached the civil rights movement, which was more for the South, because he figured it out when he went out West and like somebody said, he got tomatoes thrown to him in Chicago, pretty much the same thing happened when he went out to LA, if you will. But in him switching, part of it was due to, he realized he hadn't got the, to a degree, some of the outcome that to a degree that even he was expecting. And he realized, let me switch my vision to, the economics, which is, you know, I already know you hardly agree with that, William, because that's all you ever talk about. But in switching to that, he realized it would get more of the outcome that he ultimately was looking for. And I, to a degree, it was him saying, I missed the boat a little bit. Um, I don't want to, you know, I, I get into the nuance of, uh, of, in a sense, you know, what the focus of integration was and all that kind of stuff. I want to avoid that because it's 
that's more nuanced. But as far as why he switched the vision, it was to a degree because he realized he hadn't quite got the outcome he was looking for. Go ahead, William. Well, again, if you go back and listen to what I said, I never said the vision was not important. I never, and I don't believe I'm speaking in circles. What I believe is you guys are so focused on the vision that you're not hearing clearly what I'm saying. What I'm saying is the vision is not what you lead with, and it's not for everybody in a collective environment. Everybody, the vision is not what you necessarily start with. I'll give you an example. I'll give you an example. If we really want change, then we have to start with the youth, the kids, before they are orientated and conditioned into thinking they know what success is, right? So that's a different approach, and that's going to definitely bring about change. If I take my daughter, who's seven years old, and the mission statement that I have, she doesn't understand vision at seven years old. And this is what I'm saying. Like, it's not forever. Now, I have a vision, but that's not how I get changed. How I get changed is I instill tactically or mission-wise, I say, look, this is what I'm going to do with my daughter. I'm going to teach her, like Montoya said, finances, understanding what the platform, what the foundation of all this change is about and is, which is finance, right? And so I just think we, if we, we, vision is very important. I'm not talking in circles, and I'm not trying to say it's not by any means, and I don't mean to upset anyone. What I'm saying is if we want real fundamental change as the black community, right, if we want real change, and we've seen, we've been 10 years here, 20 years here, 40 years here, talking about the same thing over and over, setting vision boards. Ice Cube tried to talk about a vision of what we wanted to do with the flat. Nobody listened. He tried to bring forth the vision. No one listened. This is the environment we operate in today. Well, I, I think we're not. I, I think we're not talking about the collective anymore. Like we, we realized, fuck the collective. I mean, that shit ain't working. That's why. That's why Sister Maria said only twenty. We we realized that point. You know what I'm saying? And it, and it, you know, and I can't say what you can't teach your daughter when it comes to vision. We just gotta break it down by size because if she's watching Sesame Street or anything else, they definitely talk of vision on those types of um, programs. But that's another topic. But what I'm simply simply saying is that if you really look at history, you really look at history, while we failed, really failed in the 60s, Malcolm X had to come to out. I'm only using this from, from, from you know, the almost 5% I'm only using this for, for cliche. Malcolm X had to come to Jesus' moment when he went to, to, to the Mecca. He, he shifted his vision. The reason why the Black Panther Party failed, why? Because the vision was shifted. Like, you know, you know what I'm saying? But I, I, what I'm saying is with you, we do, I do agree with you being about that wait, 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 wait. Both of y'all are talking to Kate here, so um, let Corey finish. I know he jumped in, and I don't mind that. I don't mind the back and forth, but if we do it at the same time, people can't hear. So, yeah, let yeah, let Corey go ahead and finish that thought. Then Go ahead, Corey. All, all I'm saying, what I'm simply saying is what he's saying is true. I don't want to discount what he's saying. When it comes to uh, um, um, vision, right? But I give you an example. I, I remember this conversation was, was people were talking about um, Tyler Perry by becoming a billionaire, and it was I was in, it was in this group, and I remember these women was like, "Well, I'm not giving him no respect because he paid. He don't pay his riotous. He blah blah blah. This that the third woo off the bang." And I'm like, "Motherfucker, are you a billionaire? 
clearly his vision worked, right? Clearly his ideas got him to be, you know, a billionaire while you barely make it 50. Like, that's the type of shit, like, I'm like, hold on. He led with his vision. When you listen to his story, being homeless, vision, everything, if we want the mission to be fulfilled, this, oh, I just said it. Here we go. If we want the, the mission to be fulfilled at its highest capacity, it must be led by a vision that's going to drive you regardless of what circumstances you're facing. I'm done with that. Uh, fair enough. We actually break for him, so I got to hold hold off on that thing, getting that response. And so I would also, you know, I want to try to, you know, put a cap in it as well, so we can get to some, you know, other parts of this dialogue. Um, but with that said, we are just a break. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. Where all I ask is that you think. If you are a small business owner, do you and your accountant implement a tax strategy to pay quarterly taxes throughout the year? Or do you wait until the end of year during tax season to write off all expenses to lower your taxable income? If this is you, stop. Call Bennett Tax and Accounting today. With over 15 years of experience working with major companies, this boutique firm has opened up to show small business owners how to strategize like the major companies and position themselves for growth not only effective tax strategies, but also specializing in new business formation, bookkeeping services, cash flow management, payroll, and business evaluation to secure bank financing. Basically, all the things you need but have kept putting off. But well, those days are over. Bennett Tax and Accounting to the rescue. Contact them at 770-545-2145 and ask for run. Again, 770-545-2145. And let them save you from yourself. Welcome back to the Dialogue Talk Show. Again, I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates. If you are a business out there and do not have a year-long tax strategy, you are doing it wrong. Please call Bennett Tax and Accounting to get your year-long tax strategy in place. This morning's discussion question what is success in the black community? Special guest co-host Latricia Ross, as well as special guest Corey Bill and William Agnew. Um, got Patrick out there hanging on the line. Got Brother Pianta trying to get in. If you're online and want to get in on this morning's discussion, you need to call 646-787-1691. Again, that's 787-1691. You have to press 1 to let us know that you want to speak. So, Again, to kind of just move past it to a degree, uh, I, I, I heard uh, Corey said something that kind of caught my eye, and I, and I, I think Patrick was kind of to a degree saying some of it um, right from the standpoint that we're still kind of at different vantage points. And so I would love to highlight, as Corey said, even when you think about an MLK, you're talking about 20% of the community. And so what I think the way, even though you know we can all, you know, we don't have to necessarily agree on everything, and that's not well, why we do these dialogues. It's for to hear the different perspectives. I will say that I think there is some definitely definitive agreement is when he says that 20%, that's the realization that trying to have a vision for a bigger group, if you will, than what even an MLK as a visionary leader was able to accomplish, there's an aspect of silliness to it. And a lot of times we're lost as a community because we're still seeking, in a sense, that Messiah-type leader. So if we would want 
side of that. Then you got a brother Drake calling in and says, "Hey, here's how I was able to be focused and effective by narrowing down and getting away from those large visions to a degree." What I think I hear you saying, William, I'll just say this: is that you're you're uh, talking about trying to lay out a vision for this large group. Where I think all of the agreement is is if you're not in a sense trying to take on or push the collective, then within your silos you can take your various approaches and I, and, and kind of to course course he's probably, if you're being successful with that move move forward um, again not trying to find the agreement because I don't know if we will if you will but again that's just kind of how I want to wrap that up I'm gonna let Patrick make one quick, quick thought and then I'm gonna go to Brother Tiana. Uh, Patrick, go ahead. Like, where are you calling us from, Patrick? I think you might have, I think you told us last time. I don't remember. I just like to kind of get an idea of what people call it from. Toronto. Oh, nice, cool. Go Toronto, ahead. Yeah, yeah. Give me the time. Yeah, yeah. I got to go to another caller, so make them quick. Thank you for calling yeah, in. Yep, though. yep, 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 yep. Um, so, so it's vision. You have a personal vision, an individual vision for the things that you imagine, right? It's just a, a vision, just a mental image. Um, brought on by imagination. That's all it is. So I have an image, uh, I have a vision of certain things that I want to do, but I don't have a vision for everything. So I will jump onto somebody else's vision if it works. When I was in university, all of the tech, you know, people that were in comp sci, you know, with me and all the developers, they wanted to go work for Google. A lot of them wanted to go work for Google or some, some other company. That's not their vision. That's somebody else's vision. But they wanted to go jump on, and we all do that because we can't all have a vision for every single thing that needs to be done. So if somebody has vision for healthcare and they have a new system for healthcare for our community that we can jump on, and I think it sounds good, and they've demonstrated that it works, I'm going to jump onto that. Because that's not my field of expertise, and I don't have an exact vision of how to carry that out. So I think we're all saying the same thing, and what William is doing with his daughter, William, that's your vision. You have a vision for how to raise her and what to teach her. It's just a mental image brought on by imagination. That's all it is. So we're all saying Love the, the clarity, same thing. Thank you for the talk. No, absolutely. I love the thoughts. I think it definitely adds clarity to the dialogue. So that's why I wanted to again give you a chance to respond. But thank you for your three cents. Keep being a caller and consider becoming a supporter over at mentaldialogue.com. Thanks a lot, King. No problem. Great discussion. Uh, thank you very much. All right. So looking at this number, right? I think this is Brother Pianchi out of St. Louis. All right, go ahead, King. What you got for us? Thanks for calling in this morning. Well, you know you. Put the question out here: What success in a black community looks like? Success in any community looks like success for families that's in that community. And out of those families, you have well-educated children, well-educated parents, high income, like Nigerians. I always have to point to them. They just as black as Wesley Snipes. And look at the achievement they have done in academics, and also in business and household income. What you need, you know, the funny thing, too, and I sent you an email, artificial intelligence is going to eliminate 40 to 50% of the jobs presently have in the United States within the course of 5, 10, maybe 15 years, counting, trucking, where 
fine housing, even some medical fields like radiology is going to be gone. So educating your children and providing them with the proper resources and exposures in what's going to be the future so that they will be to put their innovative minds toward taking advantage of these opportunities that many are not going to be a player in, simply because they just got what it takes. Now, of course, there will be some options, but if you don't have what you have, what you need in your present population, then you're going to have to produce it. You're going to have to produce it by birthing them or producing them through some special programs. You don't see many black groups sitting around a table speaking on how they're going to mine minerals from asteroids. You won't see somebody special looking at Elon Musk and what he's doing. He saw a need. He's provided for it. He's been very, very successful at it. And there's more out there that can be done. Shipping, agricultural systems, food system. That takes people who have the intelligence, the skills, and the wherewithal to get those things done. So uh, keep in mind on that. Uh, bring in some people that successful people, successful families. Somebody can't say a family is not successful. Traditional families, by the way. That would be a good opportunity to look at. Thank you very much, Matoya. I'm going to let you be the first responder. So much of what he talked about is what I constantly hear. You are so focused on. You're a very forward thinker, um, always talking about the aspects of, you know, reskilling. You're technically an international. Talk about these things because you're always talking about how other countries are already preparing and focused on reskilling. And so these are the dialogues that I know Corey has as well. Um, but I'm, I've been, been prompt and privy to some of your dialogues about it. So I'll start with you, uh, William. Go ahead, yeah, for sure. Uh, Brother Bianchi is right on. We're, we got about a five, ten-year window, and we're already uh, behind tremendously, even probably further behind from a technological aspect uh, than we are even from a you know slavery aspect because technology moves a lot faster. It takes a lot longer to uh, adapt to the information, understand the information, learn the information, and be comfortable with the information. And that technology moves so fast. Hold on one second, William. Speedy cut you off. Hold on one second. Uh, um, hold on one second. Are you, uh, or is William breaking up for y'all, or is it just my phone? Because uh, I want to check real quick. It's a lot of crackling. Okay. Okay. All right. Uh, we, yeah, yeah. If I'm, if I'm struggling to hear you, that means the audience is struggling to hear you as well. Um, and right. Latrice, did it happen with Corey or just William? I'm just trying to check to make sure our lines are good. No, my phone it, is on mute, happened. so it's not me. Yeah, it's happening. Yeah, no, 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 I was just talking about when you were talking, I'm asking her when you were talking, I want to see if William, because we can have him call back in, so I'm just trying to take you're going in line. and out, Montoya, you're, Montoya, you're going in and out, William is yeah, my, Okay, I'll yeah, call, you're going, that's what I'm trying to find Okay, okay, I'm going in and out, and William is crackling, yes, okay, you're going that's in what and the out. audience is hearing, that's why I'm asking, okay, I'm going to call back in, that should clear me up. Uh, William, continue your thought, but let him know if it, it still continues, because then he'll need to call back in as well. All right, I'll go ahead. Latrice, you know, you take it over until I get back in. Go ahead. Go ahead, William, with All your right. thought. Okay. Okay. I, I was just saying, bro, I think Brother Pianchi is, 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 is dead um, on, and I, I still hear the crackling, so it's probably 
me also, but uh, no, it just went away. But anyway, I think uh, yeah. our brother Tiante is dead on. I, I think five, ten years from now, uh, you know, we definitely have to be preparing our children for the, the change. Uh, I, I am in this industry. Uh, I travel to other countries. I travel to China. I travel to India. I see these places where they are implementing technology. Uh, they've already implemented technology that we aren't even aware of, that we don't use, because they are, in a sense, socialist countries, so they control the technology. Uh, the difference here, we're more of a democratic environment, so they have to slowly introduce the technology to us. Uh, so we are accepting of the technology. You kind of saw that during the pandemic where uh, now if you go to Starbucks, per se, uh, everybody is at the window using their phone to order via technology. And so this is this is where we're going. If you go to the grocery stores, you see uh, uh, cashiers. They, they might have one or two cashiers now, and you basically check out your own groceries. Uh, so we can see that in a lot of the essential businesses that that's what the future is, and we have to prepare ourselves. And with that being said, it's a reset in a sense. And when I talk about reset and I talk about, you know, the things we've done in the past versus the things we've done we do today, all I'm saying is I'm not saying vision is not important. I'm not saying any of that kind of stuff. But what I'm saying is we have to be open-minded to think that maybe we have to have a different approach. It has to be maybe even more tactical uh, and at first where we, we do it at a uh, more of an investment strategy where we're like, yo, we can't, we can't share our vision. Because if you think about sharing the vision, that's what's got us in the, the problems in the first place. Like we share our vision and then it gets infiltrated. And I'm tired, of me personally, I don't know about anybody else, but I'm tired of our leaders that we no longer have sharing visions and being shut down. And so if you think military mindset, if you think, you know, uh, the way you have to move forward a lot of times, I'll give you an example. I'll use this as an example. I don't mean to go long. But a lot of these, these videos you see of black people getting killed in the street are handpicked and selected on purpose because they are debatable. They are debatable. And debate leaves you neutral. You remain neutral when there is debate. Because all you're going to do now, instead of understanding what the, what the, what the fix is, is you're going to debate the, the, the situation. So what's he wrong? Was she wrong? And you see that with Dante. You saw that. With Micaiah, you saw that. Or with, I think that's her name. Uh, with, with George Floyd, you saw that. They're all handpicked to be debatable, which leaves us focused on the actual thing that happened and not why systematically it happened. So, and we don't have leadership for the vision to move forward to change that systematic approach, which is what, you know, our ancestors did, right? They were focused on getting us justice via the judicial system. They were focused on getting us justice via the economic system. So if we did have gains, it wasn't taken away from us like it was in Tulsa. Right? They took it okay, away from so, us because they could. Because they, could. they took it away from us because they could. And so that okay, but that has nothing to do. No, and I'm sorry for cutting you off, but you kind of you can. That has nothing to do with the vision. And as far as the, the, the videos everything. that we see, so don't wait. Let her let, let, let her finish. Let her finish. William, I'm back in here. Let her finish. I mean, because she just wants to. Yeah, let, let her finish, and then you respond back. Yeah. Okay. So the videos that we see, because we're not in a society where where others determine what we see perspective anymore because we all have our own individual devices that we carry around in our hands and we post those. So the big media, they're not determining what we see. Our social networks are determining what we see. So so from that perspective, perspective, it's not about about someone someone trying to force our hand in the way that we think. And you keep going back to military mindset. And so 
even with your seven-year-old daughter, you may not have a vision for what she's doing when you teach her finance. But if her, if you're teaching her this book, her vision is to finish that book. That's the vision. The steps to get there are to read each page of that book. That's the mission. And so, what we're, when, we're, when we when we don't know the outcome, and we just tell you the steps then we're just teaching to the test and we're not equipped to adapt and adjust. And with the whole technology thing, we have to be equipped to adjust and adapt in order to keep up. Otherwise, we have a society of minions who are incapable of adapting and adjusting and moving forward. And if we're going to be forward-thinking people, we have to think about the outcome. One of the, one of the things that I, when I coach people, I tell them they need to think around corners so you can think about what's coming next to determine if you need to adjust, to adapt, to weave left or bob right. If you don't know where you're going, you won't know to do that. So let me, let me ask this question, too, before you respond. Yeah, let me ask this question um, and, and as well. And so – so, for example, again, I know William, you're always, in a sense, talking about this technology, and I've been fortunate enough to bring on, like, some people that um, assist people with transitioning into technology with different certifications and things of that nature, right? And so when I'm bringing them on, um, you know, my viewpoint, in a, you know, if you will, my role in the media of trying to highlight these, you know, people like yourself and the Andre Hatches of the world is to give people perspective and opportunity. Uh, but in bringing on the technology people specifically, because as a brother PRC mentioned, what AI is going to do over the next 10 or 15 years, is it in a sense fair to offer to the collective the vision of these jobs are going away. So the outcome is so that you can be reskilled and effectively needed in the new economy. So offering that vision is what I think I'm hearing Latrice and Corey saying is what will have them hang on if I was in a warehouse job and I'm trying to convince and I now they, they listen to this show and say, you know what, I, this is not going to be here in the next five years. And I take a certification. Well, when the certification gets difficult, it was the original vision that got them to start. It's also the, the vision that will keep some to actually finish those that quit will probably have lost sight of why they started in the first place. And, and it's not that, that nobody's saying that you're saying vision is not important, but the people that finished probably hung on to the vision when they're ha- being forced to get a new skill. And, I, you know, again, and, and I used to drive for at least, so I'm using that example because not, not, not I talked down on it. I'm not talking down on it, but I knew how to drive a forklift. Now I'm in this certification learning something with these computers, completely different parts of the brain, different mindset, and learning that computer could be difficult. Well, when it becomes difficult, my why is why I finish. And I think that's all they're saying. I don't know if you're, I don't think you're necessarily disagreeing with it, but I, I'm not, it started with the vision. I, that's why I got off yes. the forklift, but that's why I took this class. Go ahead, William. And, and I, I just say, I, I think what we, and I agree, I'm agreeing, I'm agreeing with everything everybody is saying. I just think we get caught up on the vision too much and without even understanding how to use the vision, which is the imagery, right? The imagery is very important and the imagery is actually used to keep us stagnant, right? So when you talk about the vision, you have to understand what you're doing with the vision, right? And, 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 and the problem well, let me, let me, let me, let me, let me just, so when you say understand what you're doing, I absolutely think that's exactly what I hear Latrice and Corey say. 
So I don't right. think anybody's getting caught up. If 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 we just present the vision, here's where you can fit in the future, young brother or young sister, get off that forklift and take a few classes. We're not harping on the vision. It's just what starts them, gets them in the class. And if we're working through them and walking them through how to do it, or if we're so happy to teach the class, we're reminding them this is why you started. Let me pose, I don't think that's a, pose, too big of a focus. Let, let okay, me pose go ahead. a question. So this is a question I'm going to pose. So you talked about how Dr. Martin, let's go back to Dr. Martin Luther King. You talked about how when he went out west, he was not received very, very well, right? And what he was doing is he was teaching, He was his vision was equality, economic and uh, 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 judicial, right? That was civil rights, vision, civil rights, right? Civil rights. It was civil rights. It wasn't not to be called nigga. It wasn't not. It wasn't to change the mindset of white America. It was to make sure we were protected under economic and judicial system. So when we needed to fight, we could fight and we would be treated fairly. That was his mission, right? So people bought into that mission. Now in the same breath, he had to have classes teaching people how to take an ass whooping. Now, who are you going to sell today to say that in order to get equality, we have to get our ass whipped? Who's going to buy into that vision? Because that's what moved us forward. Yeah, in my opinion, I'll just say this. Cause I, want, I want to move off of this. Like, I want to move off of this, brother. I respect where you're coming from. But I, in my opinion, I think you're missing the boat. Like when you, when you give that example, I, I hear you having it mixed up because what happened was, it was the vision of these civil rights that then turn around into the tactics of how to be nonviolent. The vision wasn't right. take the ass whooper to get this, and I, I just hear it opposite. So, if you will, brother, just I'm asking, let's move on to another subject matter because right. the dialogue is getting stuck. Yeah, you I feel me? I wasn't the one that said vision was yeah. one or two. I agree with you guys with vision. I didn't put vision in a certain place. You know what I'm I saying? Got I, I got it. I got it. But just, just got caught up in yeah, it. I got so it. I respect the king. I, I respect it. I respect it. And because that, you know, to a degree, the idea of retooling, reskilling, if we say what is success in the black community talk, look like, the idea of reskilling, get me, brother, brother, please, please, if you will, I want to get Corey in here on this idea of reskilling and retooling, which is something I know that you advocate um, very much um, as well. Corey, if you will, um, you're constantly talking about this as well, and you're in, in the things that I've seen you teach. So, if you will, King, um, if we're going to ask this question or answer this question or refocus our community, we, in my opinion, do you agree? We have to highlight the need to reskill because I think that goes missing in our community as well. Oh, uh, it's imperative, man, that we highlight the reskill, man. Um, we highlight the, the importance of reskill because our survival depend on it. Our survival as a race depend on moving and and and, and um. Implementing as fast as technology is changing, you know, and we're not having enough of these conversations on why it's important. Like we're still a fucking dinosaur in the way we go about business, the way we go about life, um, um, even conducting conversations. Man, we still have we still prehistoric in many areas, and we're gonna just get left the fuck behind. Like <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, it, and it's sad because you see it, like Sister Latrice said. What's around the corner, and and and, and I'm tell, and I understand the reason why we think the way we think because once again we're bombarded with negative imagery, twenty five hours a day, eight days a week, like you know what I'm saying. 
We have Absolutely. no code. We do not control the fucking media. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and the sad thing about it, the media that we do control, when it's in our hands, 90% of the time, it ain't about what's coming around the fucking corner. It's that immediate pleasure. That's why we're going to get behind it. We don't have enough people speaking about the importance of um, staying ahead. We used to have, like, 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 like we talk about rap in the 90s. What made rap in the 90s so special? Because we had a balance, right? You can listen to gangster mm-hmm. rap. You can listen to... You can listen to hip hop. Conscious you rap. Can to love, conscious. Love hip-hop, you can listen love to everything. Right now, we got we got we we hear nothing but death chants and irresponsibility. You know what I'm saying? Ninety percent of the time. You know, and it's the same as in business. We 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 still talk steam for answers, right? People still think everything is science, technology, um, I'm engineering, and math, right? STEM. When the mission is steam, science, technology, you know what I'm saying, engineer, agriculture, <laughs> right, and math. They've been on steam 10 years ago, 10, 15 years ago. We're so left behind that, 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 that it's, it's, it's unfortunate that we're refusing to reskill. Like, um, like if you look at today's entrepreneurs within our community, right, I said something, people didn't like it. I was like, let me be honest with you guys. I I don't get too excited when niggas open up restaurants. Like, I think it's cool. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's fine. But damn, are we not serving more deaf in our community? <laughs> like, how much deaf do we need to serve our community to support? So I started to push back on the celebrations for that, right? Um, but we don't have enough of me speaking against that because because we have low emotional intelligence, majority of us. I come off as a hater. Fuck what's in front of now us. Now, that's strong. I, I come off as a hater. Right. right. That's strong, King. We can't even, yeah. we can't I wanna, even I say, develop that damn. Song. Go ahead, finish. Yeah, go ahead and finish it. Mm-hmm. We can't even say, damn, the music really is influencing us. People want to act like it don't, but the last time I had sex, last time I had sex, I didn't put BB and CCYs in. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, 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 and this generation has no concept. The, it influenced the mood. Right? Absolutely. So we got to stop being delusional that the shit we're listening to, that the shit we're watching, it's not influencing us. And they know that. So, yes, it's important so, that we have to unlearn, relearn, or we're going to stay illiterate in the 21st century. Now, I love it. I want to develop that thought of, like you said, just even being able to have a dialogue where you can co- critically throw out. It's cool to work, work, throw, open up a restaurant. And, and and your point, and Latrice, I want you to speak on this because you're always talking about this, is the unfortunate level of redundancy of even the, you know, again, I will push by black, right? Andre had to. We both kind of. That's how we met. Actually, he had. Um, I think I forgot. I think exactly what he was doing. Movement he was pushing at the time, but he was doing these by black initiatives on via video, and I did one because I respected what he was doing, and we ended up connecting and becoming friends. But the dialogue we're trying to have now is being honest, and I think what Corey just said is speaking to how we. As he said, we have limited dialogue because I've seen you amongst some of those very conversations that we do on Zoom, you know, the exclusive stuff we do on Zoom. I've seen you talk about this when I was doing the Buying Black Manifesto, trying to get into some nuance and things of that nature. You highlighted 
the same thing that Corey just talked about, the idea of continuing to do redundant business and how that will lead to nowhere in the future because, as you said, we're not looking around the corner. So when we asked this question this morning, what does success look like if we're still celebrating, to Corey's point, the new opening restaurant that may do well. And like he said, he's not hating. He wants the restaurant to do well. However, it's, it, it, it won't be something that serves the, the future of where we, in a sense, need to go. I'm assuming or hearing Corey say when we get more people moving into the agriculture and the things that are going to be needed in the future, that's when we can say we're getting it and we understand what success looks like. If we're being redundant, it's actually showing a lack of understanding. Your thoughts, Queen? Oh, I'm sorry, Queen. Let me bring you back live. Sorry about that. All right. Go ahead, Queen. Actually, my boy so froze. Y'all. Give me a second. Oh, yeah, she's live. Okay, go ahead, Queen. I'm sorry. Okay. So, um, Corey is absolutely right. We we think that because we've done things, we've done this always, that this is the way that we have to go. We're afraid to expand our boundaries. We're afraid to expand the way that we think. I was sharing information about this young brother who was teaching us how to trade options. He wasn't charging us for the class. People were stealing his content and charging $10,000 for it. And I stopped sharing it with my friends because it made me change my perspective, and it actually made me change my circle. Because I would share it with them, and they're like, oh, I'm afraid of that. I don't want to learn that. I'll tell my daughter about it, though. So what it showed to me is that you're okay being stuck. You're not willing to look at, a, you're not willing to look at life a different way. Two days ago, some, a person that I mentored spent a lot of time mentoring her. Because I disagreed with everyone else, she called me names. She called me names. And wow. I had to tell her, okay, because of our relationship, you got a pass, but guess what? You're out of passes now, so you should leave this conversation in order to maintain our relationship. It should never, just simply because I have a varying perspective, it should never digress to name-calling. We should be open to new things. When someone, when, when the, first, the first time I heard think around corners, it made me take a step back and like, what the heck does that mean? But that's been my guiding principle ever since I got a, a sense of understanding. It means think about what's coming next. If we don't, keep, we don't think about what's coming next and keep looking in the rearview mirror about what we've been doing all the time we've been here, we're never going to move forward, ever. Strong thoughts. Last break, y'all. We'll be right back listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, where all I ask is that you think. Hey, where did you get that hat and t-shirt? I like that. Oh, I got this at moneymotivation.com. It's fresh, right? Yes, and I love the message on it, too. You are the hustle, huh? That's what the shirt says. I am the hustle. They embody the entrepreneurial spirit, and what I like the most, it's more than a brand. It's a lifestyle for those who want to put in the work and expect to have the final things in life. I also follow them on Instagram. Check this post out. If you believe money is the root of all evil, you're using it wrong? Or how about this one? Excuses made zero dollars an hour. I like those. What's their IG? At moneymotivation.co. But do they have any ladies gear? Yes, you're going to love the clothing line they got for the ladies. Matter of fact, pull up their website, moneymotivation.com, and I'm going to get you a few things so we can both look like money. Everywhere. 
My name is Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates. I am the owner and facilitator of the Mental Dialogue Community Support Group focused on practical solutions and the collective thinking of the black community. We do that one of two ways, every third Friday, 7 p.m. at Urban Grind, or Saturday mornings, the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Contact us at mentaldialogue.com or on Facebook at Mental Dialogue. All I ask is that you think. But we're not having the once-a-month events over at Urban Grind due to the pandemic. However, if you do have a product or service you would like to get out to the smartest audience in all of radio, please contact me directly. Again, that number is 404-604-9477. Keep the return of intelligent radio on the air if you are an individual. You can also go to mentordialogue.com and join at various membership levels and see the different exclusive events that we do. Right now, currently via Zoom, we are trying to start researching and see where we will come offline for those in the Atlanta area. But thank you all for your support, especially the current members um, as we speak. This morning's discussion question, what is success in the black community? We've had an amazing live discussion with the co-host uh, Latrice Ross, as well as special guests Corey Bill and William Agdu. I'm going to kick off this segment with William. For the caller that's still out there, if you're trying to get in, you will have to press 1. Uh, we got a few minutes if some callers want to get in, 646-787-1691. Again, you do have to press 1. Again, for the caller that's hanging on, if you're just listening, no problem. If you want to get in, you do have to press 1. Um, Corey, but if you will, just to get into, again, the, the, the concept of, uh, you know, what is success in the black community, we've kind of diagnosed, and I think you are very, high, very correct in, unfortunately, recognizing the limitations due to, again, and this is what I think is so smart, and, all, you know, William, you and I have talked about this as well, but just, as you said, Tom Burrell's brainwashed. Uh, the, again, just to highlight that book again, without understanding what's being done to you, that's how you can get stuck in circular conversations, for one. Two, going after aspirations that may not be, in a sense, best for the future, even in a sense for your own family. But I want to reduce this long conversation and all these various things we talked about down to something I was fortunate enough to be on uh, the Cigar and Men's um, podcast. Cut, we did a, a, a podcast cut last night. And one of the um, hosts, um, Coach D'Amico's, he made this comment. He said, the number one thing, I want to hear all of y'all thoughts on this. He said, the number one thing um, there's a black, you know, black men folks podcast. He said the number one thing black men can do in reference to the black community is to get a family and secure and provide for that family. He says if you do that, everything else that we're striving for or looking for, there's a lot that can come from that. But that's the number one thing that we could do. So in reference to what is success in the black community um, how do you feel about that comment in reference to our discussion question this morning? Go ahead, Corey. I think it's narrow-minded. Um, okay. Because one thing I don't want to do is I don't want to violate what God's greatest gift is to us, which is free will. You know, if you're a black man, what if you don't want to have a family? <laughs> right? What if you just want to do you, you know? And it's still, to me, it still starts with vision. 
So now I don't agree with that. But what I do agree is that men, um, they need to find and understand their purpose of existing. And I believe once they find their purpose of existing, you know, and they develop a value proposition with themselves, then if the community is important to them, yes, it's imperative to operate as a family, right? But I don't really talk about the struggles of family because many black men, from what I'm seeing, from what I'm witnessing, really don't understand how the family dynamics work because many of them has never been led by a man who ran the family. Our communities show that. You know, the way we treat our women show that. The way we treat ourselves show that, right? So um, I'm going to vehemently disagree with that, but I see where he was trying to go. That's an overarching vision. Yeah, but no, we need to be about purpose first. We need to understand our existence first while we're here. That's the first thing we need to do. Until we figure that shit out, we can't even lead the goddamn family because we're not even leading ourselves, right? Uh, the great Mal, uh, Miles Moreau said something that really stuck. To, he talked about the spirit of excellence, and, he, and I realized that it's a development of, of, of excellence. He said excellence is orchestrated in what you think, how you think, what you say, and what you do. And I think for black men, when I speak to black men now, what I'm attempted to teach black men is that your last name only matters once you have pride in your first name. And I'm going to say that yeah, again. So your you last that, name only matters. Your last name only matters once you have pride in your first name. Because when we speak about Matoya, the first thing we want to hear is black Socrates. When we listen to Mr. Agnew, we hear tactical military minded because that's his first name. His legacy is his daughter. You know what I'm saying? So when, when, when she come up under him, the person will be like, oh, I could tell you're, you're Mr. Agnew's daughter. You follow what I'm saying? So until we nah, develop purpose, you until we understand, until we, until we envelop pride with who we are, until we know what, once where we came from and where we're going, the community will stay in shambles. Because I'm going to say this, and most people may or may not agree with this, me being a father, I believe that we're the most important part of the family dynamic. When you look at why some of our black women have relationship issues, they tend to point to daddy issues. When you look at why some of our young boys are acting the way they act, it goes to daddy issues. So we have to understand the value that we bring when our presence as entering a space where we're supposed to lead, supposed to operate through provision and provide. So I'm going to disagree with that shit because to to me that's capping. That's saying all the shit niggas want to hear, women want to hear, and that's some sucker shit if if, if, if that person thinks that's the only thing. But we ain't talking about vision. So let me me say this. We ain't talking about purpose. As a man, first and foremost, then I don't want to hear anything else. What's the purpose? What's okay. the purpose of the now, plan? And I respect it. I respect it. Let me let me get the other people in, Kit Corey. Now you're killing it, brother. You're killing it. So I, and I want to be fair, um, you know, to that brother because I know you know some of the history, um, and 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 to a degree, he was just offering it as of the different things that we could do, it being a foundational aspect. So I, I don't I do understand no, but, and respect but, 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 that we, in we, a we sense. Yeah, no, but here it, Corey. I got, I got that, people that, I got to go to. So no, no, okay. no, no, absolutely. Okay. I can say yep. you got yep. it out. You got it out. I want to let the other people get their out. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt, no doubt. Uh, William wanted to hear your thoughts in reference to, you know, that comment as well. 
Well, well, I think you know I'm not going to use the V word anymore because it's being fried, dyed, and laid to the side. But, <laughs> but imagery I think is very important. Purpose is very important. I think what we're battling in that statement is the imagery that we see that our children see every day. Um, I think 100% of what we see on TV is 2% of our day-to-day experience. But we, but in our mindset and and the way that we believe things and images that we see make us believe it's the other way around. Nine, nine, 100% of what we see is 100% of our experience, uh, our real-life experience. So when it comes to marriage, definitely pros, definitely pros, 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 because everything is built on foundation. Everything is built on morals. Everything is built on ethics. And I just think our approach to that is going to be very hard to get to from, a, from an overall vision perspective. We have to get into the weeds and help people understand what are the, the, the detailed benefits of marriage. Like most guys, if you ask, I would say nine out of ten guys don't even know what the benefits of marriage are if you ask them. Like in today, because of the image, because of the images that are fed to us over and over on a daily basis, we have. A, I'm seeing polygamy be like the hot trend, now, the new thing for our community. You know what I'm saying? So that image and whether you want to call it vision, it's, it's they understand it to the point where they can perverse our vision. They can perverse our images, right? And the point I was making real quick, Montoya, I wasn't disrespecting Dr. Martin Luther King by any means. No, I, I never took anything disrespectful. I was just trying to move the, on. That's the, all. The, Go ahead. Just so you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but, but I wanted to make my point because the image of nonviolence was important in moving us forward. The man went to jail on purpose. We didn't fight back on purpose because we needed those images in our society so we could adopt all of the things that we are talking about right now. It was crucial because image and vision is important, but it's important in allowing us to know how to get what we're trying to attain, right? And when it comes to marriage, it's the same thing. We're seeing so many negative images of what marriage is as opposed to the numerous positives. So so much that you know. Nah, fair thoughts. Let me let let me let Latrice get in here. We got a couple of minutes, but now nah, thank you so much for those thoughts, um, Latrice. Um, any thoughts in reference to that comment? Again, whatever y'all think is fine. We don't have time to you know do we go back and forth. We only got a couple of minutes now, so go ahead, Queen. All right. So so quickly, I'll say I think it's I think it's a limited site, um, but I would say I would like to say one thing. Something that that William said that that kind of threw me for a loop. Not to get in an exchange because I know we don't have time, but he said pervert pervert our image when he was talking about polygamy. And, and I'm by no means, in, I'm not a polygamist or in the polyamory or any of that. But simply because it's not what you do, we can't, I don't believe that we should call it perverse. Particularly that when we look at physiologically how, what we are intrinsically designed to desire, it's to be with multiple people. It wasn't until wealth building came into the picture that marriage then came into the picture. So I think that we should be mindful and be open-minded to perspectives that are different than ours um, and research a little bit more before calling things perverse simply because it's not what we do. And that's just yeah, a I'll trigger. Say, um, we only got a minute. No, I got you. No, I got you. I got you. We only got a minute, so, and I know we can't go back and forth. The thing, I, th- I heard it a little bit different. I, I think he was just kind of, in a sense, using a, an example to, in a sense, suggest that the media imaging is pushing some of our quote unquote collective thought. And I don't even think it, for him, it was about whether he agrees or disagrees with it. He was just saying, where is the driver coming from? And I think that driver may be coming from others. 
And so it's just an yeah. idea of having our own vision. And you and I look at things vision. differently. We discovered that, so. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, yeah no doubt. No doubt. Like, I'm just telling you how I heard it. You got to be mindful. You got to be mindful of what you say. You can't use words like, because, you know, I'm big on poly. You know what I'm saying? So, because I understand the history of it. So when you say stuff right, like right. that, you you already let me know. You don't even understand the history of the foundation and where it come from and why it was robbed from our community in the first damn place. You lose credit. Okay, I'm let saying. me say this because we're at the end. We're at the end, Corey. Yeah, in the, in the end, Corey, let me say this. and I'm going to Because I didn't hear William say that at all. I think go ahead, William. I heard I was saying I heard him suggest that messaging is being given to that's what's the perverse part. I don't think he was talking but again, William, speak for yourself, King. I didn't I didn't hear him say that. Go ahead. That we're we're in an extended time now, but I'll go to extended time just to put a clarity. I'll go to extended time just for clarity. People I, online cannot hear this. But go ahead. I, I did not say polygamy was wrong by any means. I just used it as a example of how imaging, right? The topic of what I was right. saying that's what I heard. The point of what influence of imaging and we've talked about how negatively that is being used to sway us to to have to, to have perceived ideas about who we are as a people that's that's the only thing and i use the polygamy as an example of that image yeah, right so montoya i got that but the fact that that's what he selected because you know i always go deeper to the psychological part of it so because that's what he used as an example, when oh, there were so many other things from we negative imagery marriage. that we could choose. We were talking about marriage. So, we, were, we were talking I about marriage. That. That's why I used but it. Then you were talking right. about negative imagery and the fact that you use polygamy as negative imagery. It, it, you know, it just it, 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 speak, it only, says something. Really quick, really quickly, I only use polemically. Uh, uh, I can't even say it. Polygamy. I only use that in the context of us talking about the change in how we approach the question that was posed, which was what are our thoughts on marriage and the quote that was made. It's relative to the topic of what we were talking about. Right. I mean, you can at least say. No, it wasn't relevant to the topic we were talking about. No, I'm not subscribing to that. It wasn't? Okay. Well, no, nah, yeah, well, I, 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 yeah, people, we just hear this. This is what we do. This is what we do. Everybody heard it different, and y'all heard it how y'all heard it. I, I heard it simply as an example. I don't think he took a shot at polygamy at all, but it doesn't mean I'm right. I just, that's what I heard him say. Y'all heard it the way y'all he heard it. I, I, think, I, think, I think to a degree, I think to a degree, to a, to a degree, I think you have to respect the man's intent when he says, I didn't use it that way. I think I, I always try to respect people's intent. But if y'all are telling him when he says, I, I'm not using it that way, that he is, I have to respect no, how y'all receive people, people be with the I'm, I'm basing it on the words he said. That was passive-aggressive. That. <laughs> that was passive-aggressive. Yeah. Just call it what it is. I mean, hey, if I take a, you know, hey, there's some shit I can say. If I take an L, I take an L, that's fine. Right? Bro, but that no, was some passive-aggressive no shit. And I think, I think, I I think no we're problem. smart enough to be on this phone call to understand that another example could have been used, you know what I'm saying, versus that in the opposite well, of marriage, but, right? I mean, had, we, we had, another, had another example been used, I'm saying, but had another example been used, then isn't it, is, is, if another example could have been used, then either example being used could be simply that, just an well, example. Now, you know, you know, I think it could you, be. You're right. Well, I'm you, you an example. I think carefully. another... 
Like if I have to use that example, y'all can't tell me I mean it another way. You can't tell me I mean it another way if I know I just use it as an example. You can't tell us the way you can tell me that. No, no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. But I am saying y'all are telling the man who's saying I didn't use it with that intent that he's y'all telling him he's using it. He has another intent. Like that's blowing my mind. No, we're telling him that we interpret this way. Well, no, you use the word perverse. And we know what perverse means, and then you you throw that out there. That's a negative fucking intent. You could clear the shit up after the fact, but at that moment, okay. that man said what he said. I mean, you, it is what it is. I, that's that's passive-aggressive shit. I'm not, that's, that's passive-aggressive. It is what it is. <laughs> and you know what? We got to get to the point and say, you know what? That's okay. But, I mean, what, to your point, Matoya, the reality of the matter is, it, not even example. We should have maybe we should have begged the question: What does family look like to us? First, right, we can do that on another I do show. a black man yeah, see the family in the daytime. Yeah, that's fair. That's another show. But anyway, we're in the halftime. Let me go ahead and knock this thing out. I absolutely love and appreciate the fact that y'all came in. I think we had an amazing dialogue. Um, appreciate all the dialogue. This is why we do it, right? To do the do once. I don't mind doing it. And for those who hear the show afterwards, they'll hear this part as well. The online listeners have already gone. All right. Appreciate y'all. Thank y'all very much for coming on. Uh, and love so y'all. Let's do it again. Yeah, I love y'all too. All right. Appreciate it. Thanks for the opportunity, bro. One. Now, absolutely. Thank you for coming through for me. All right, William. Appreciate you, King. We'll do this again in the future. Absolutely. Hope y'all enjoyed the afterthought. See y'all next Saturday. <laughs> All I ask is that y'all think. <laughs>